UX Podcast Episode 53. You're listening to UX Podcast brought to you from Stockholm, Sweden. For people passionate about balancing business, technology, and users within the realm of digital media. Helping you break down silos, here are your hosts, James Royal Lawson and Per Axboom. Hello, and welcome to episode 53 of UX Podcast. With me, James Royal Lawson. And me, Per Axboom. That is a little bit odd when we do it that way around. It's not as, not as often we do it that way no, around. No, that's true. I usually start off. <laughs> Feels kind of like weird. Wearing, it's like wearing someone else's underwear. Yeah. It's August 6th of 2013. It's, uh, is it a Tuesday today, I think? Uh, I have been working a bit, and then I'm off again, and I'm an, I'm actually at the summer house now. Uh, I, I'm a bit in HQ. Yeah, I'm sitting I'm, I'm sitting in a really hot car because this is the only place I could find that would be silent. You you in your car? <laughs> I'm in my car on the in the passenger seat because I have oh. five kids I'm taking care of. Well, two of them are mine uh, at the summer house here, uh, and the other three so it's really loud. Oh. <laughs> I've, I'm Vintage I'm, HQ is 29 degrees at the moment, yeah. and um, I've got two, maybe three kids. I don't really know to, to look after. <laughs> I'm clearly not doing it Instead, very well. Instead, we are recording. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. Well, um, okay, um, let's jump into it. What are we. Yes. Um, well, first of all, first of all, welcome back to all of you in Sweden who have bothered to start working again and are starting to listen to the show. Right. A lot of yeah. people are returning this week. Next, you know, yeah. of our Swedish audience, yeah, yeah it's, um, we can see that they mm. they roll back into work now and mm. start listening again. So, hello there, um, <laughs> welcome back. And um, today, though, we're going to be talking about quantified self and life logging. Mm. What's all that about? Well, uh, interesting that you should ask, James, because uh, <laughs> I think we've talked about a bit before you and I about life logging what's the difference between life logging and self-quantification uh, and the gist of it is that you gather as much data about something as you possibly can to re to like make out trends in behavior of, of yourself or in trips you're making your weight whatever uh, so usually when you talk about quantified self you're talking about data that you're collecting about yourself and your body and your behavior uh, but life logging goes even beyond that, and I think one of the hugely massive, great examples of that, and it's making the rounds and should have been out by now, is the Swedish innovative Kickstarter project Mimoto, where you actually have a wearable camera, and you could even argue that that's quantifying yourself, but it's also quantifying, I mean, your life and what you're seeing around you. So that's a camera that you attach to your clothes, and it's taking a snapshot. Uh, I don't know what it is actually. It's maybe every, every thirty, 30 seconds, seconds, something. Or yeah, something yeah. like that. Uh, so, and w once you start doing all this life logging, you're starting to see trends in behavior because then you can see maybe from the photos you see what you're eating or how much uh, you're exercising, and 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 the ones I mean the gadgets that you and I will be talking a lot about today, the wristbands that we wear to. Uh, monitor our sleep and see how much we move during the night. If you can connect that and how, how badly you sleep to exercise and how much you're moving around, where you're checking in. Uh, sometimes you see trends which could be quite interesting. 
Mm. And and that's I mean that's the incentive or the, the the appeal for people that to actually realize stuff that they haven't realized before about themselves, but also to be able to look back I guess uh, to previous behavior and previous data about yourself that has changed over time. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. I'm am just gonna have to go and shut the window. Oh, because absolutely. Because I I can hear the kids that I'm meant to be looking after far too much. I don't <laughs> want to hear them at all. Just hold on a second. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so, sounds again. Mm. Yeah, the the, the thing. Well, well, for me, the quantified self um, aspect is when you 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 get in, gain insights from the data you've gathered mm. by various means, whether it's weighing yourself or um, taking pictures every thirty seconds or um, counting how many steps you've done, and so on. And you you could argue even then that it's a variant of behavioral therapy that you to be able to change your own behavior, you need to become aware of your own behavior. And that's the basis of uh, behavioral therapy. And so what you're doing here is automating that using a device of some, of some sort. Well, it can actually be that you're entering data yourself, but as long as you're doing it consistently over time. Well, yes, exactly. I think this is um, like all statistics. Mm. Um, you know, the, what You've got to be careful of make sure that you understand what you're reading and, and what it is that you're looking at. Mm. Uh, so for kind of self-improvement or, you know, the behavioral therapy side of things, I mean, if you look at a, if you look at a chart um, that tells you you've had this much sleep and you believe it's correct, mm. you're going to be changing your behavior based on that information. Right. And whether it's correct or not is something that's, questionable yes <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. how correct mm. is it exactly um, how correct is it and what type of conclusions should you be drawing from the data yeah um I think the, the, one of the reasons why i mentioned just that is because um i have um uh, a jawbone up band yes uh, which i wear on my wrist um mm. he says looking down at his wrist and realizing mm. it's not there god where is it and then, <laughs> I, and I, then, I, then i've just remembered now that i put it in my pocket um, which is a thing in itself, actually, that I have to put it in the pocket every now and then. But I'll get to right. that. Um, now, I have a job on a band that I wear, and uh, it's, it keep it on during the night as well, and it measures steps during the day, and it measures how little I move during the night. Mm -hmm. And from how little I've moved, or how much I've moved, it judges whether I've been sleeping deeply, lightly, or awake. Right. Now, uh, and this, this produces the lovely little graphs, mm. Um, I think the, the Fitbit Flex that you have in your collection does a similar thing. It measures how little you move and produces nice little sleep graphs. Exactly. Basically the same output uh, from the de these different devices, actually. Yeah. And I, to, to be clear, I, mean, I, I had the um, jaw jawbone up as well before, and we both had it while we were traveling to UXLX. Mm. So we were sort of comparing uh, the data we were getting from that as well at that time. Yeah. Which was really we, interesting. It was very interesting because we, we we were sharing a hotel room as well, so we um and we had very similar sleep patterns because we were going out together. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm waking up, waking up together. Um, the, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> we're we're going there again. Oh, really? <laughs> Anyhow, and and um, what you could see was that um, you, for example, you actually uh, my wife as well. You're very still during the night. Mm. Yeah, um, exactly. So, so even mm. though you're awake, mm. it doesn't register you're awake mm. because you're not moving enough. Mm. Um, and my wife, had a, when she was using hers um, at first, she she ended up getting into the habit of when she woke up during the night, she would shake her arm. <laughs> <laughs> 
shake her arm uh-huh. so that the up knew she was awake, so ah. it would register an awake. So you're basically telling in the arm. That's how you talk to your armband. You shake it. That's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is silly, really. Um, but but you no. Know, but for her, mm. that that was her pattern of sleep. Mm. So to try and improve the graph, she was doing those kind of. Mm. She was she was having to work a little bit extra mm. to, to get better data. Um, but that's all anything. That's an experience. What, when you when the app presents the the graph the graph to you, it doesn't really there isn't really so much talk about its inaccuracy or potential inaccuracy. Mm. The, the marketing and the and the drive of a lot of these quantified self um, things is you know this is how much sleep you've um, got. This is how many steps you've taken. Yeah, when you open up the app, it actually tells you you've been awake seven times this night. Yeah. And the funny thing about that is that a lot of people are going to take it literally because it is presented literally. It's presented literally. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, and, and that pisses to... a lot of people off when they realize, well, I haven't been awake that many times. Exactly. And, and you have to start interpreting the data. Well, it, that means that you've moved around quite a lot, perhaps seven mm-hmm. times during the night. And you may and may not have woken up specifically during those times. You have to peel back a layer. Yeah. Of the, of the UI effectively mm. and say, okay, when it says this, it really means this. Um, my, so, my wife, she, she actually stopped using her job on up for two months, mm. um, last couple of months, because um, she just got so disappointed mm. that it wasn't really telling her how much sleep she was getting. And I explained to her um, in my usual way, yes. <laughs> of, well, you know, of course it's not going to know exactly how much mm. sleep you're getting because you haven't got electrodes attached to your head. The only way you can tell exactly how much of each six different levels of sleep mm. you've got and you know, the three different, four different types mm. of REM sleep and so on Mm. Is by having electrodes attached to your head. This is just a, a, a kind of a, a, a well a gyroscope that's attached to your wrist. Mm. Of course, it doesn't know. But but oh. I, mean, I mean most people won't know that, and no. I mean they, they'll trust the app what what it's telling them because this is a new thing. It's a great new device. It's being marketed that way. It doesn't mm. have a big disclaimer when you open the box that don't trust the data. Uh, it, it tells you that this will measure sleep patterns. It will measure the number of steps you're taking. Yeah, and that's, that's it. And you can you had both on your wrist for a while the job yes I did flex so so there you got mm-hmm. to see um, how each of them has different um, formulas you could say for um, judging mm-hmm. what kind of movement is a step yes because they work when I it. when I walked more than ten or twelve thousand steps per day usually the the job on up was almost fifteen hundred two thousand steps less than the other one so I mean. That's how you can tell that they're not really exact. And usually you, have, you probably have to calibrate these to your own walking style, your own gait, which is really interesting as well. I mean, you can't take a device and, and, and be sure that it will fit with your body and the way that you move around. And if you're, and as we both noticed, I think, is that if you're riding in a car or riding a bicycle and stuff like that, it does register something and sometimes not as much uh, as other times. So there are so, so many so many different aspects of this that can affect the data that you're seeing. Shopping trolleys, bad. Shopping trolleys. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. I realize mm. that when I'm when I do shopping, mm. which sometimes can take an hour and a half, um, I just get a, almost a flat line um, on my um, on my graph for how many steps I've taken, ah, even though I've been walking for an hour. It and a half. doesn't register. No, because my arms are holding the trolley. Mostly. So you'll have to start walking with only one arm pushing the trolley. So you put your flex, you put your um, jawbone up mm. in your pocket. Which is why mine was in my pocket now, because ah. we went shop. We went shopping this morning, and I put it in my pocket <laughs> while we were shopping. So, so again, you know, you have to learn an interaction in order to fix mm. the limitations of, of this particular device. I mean, okay, if we if we're talking about the like the the was it Withings um, scale that um, the Wi-Fi scale that can mm. measure your weight and it transfers it up to the app mm. and so on. That's a little bit different thing because in the scale, I expect it to be 
100% accurate when it comes to weighing me. Mm. Although, as we know, if you weigh yourself in the evening or morning and so on, you get different weights. Cause exactly. Different liquids and different food in you and so on or waste in you. Um, but You're, you're even uh, actually, what, how do you say, less tall uh, in the evening than you are in the morning. <laughs> That's right. Your spine compresses. <laughs> yes. and it, can be, it can be a couple of centimeters yeah. um, or over half an inch or whatever. Mm. Um, but um, but yeah, so even there, there's a there's a certain pattern and certain thing you've got to follow because well, uh, to get the accuracy. Mm. Um, and then there's some other guessing aspects to it um, that he tries to do. But the weight thing is a pretty definite thing because you're stood on the platform mm. and it tells you how much it is. I mean, so if we connect this to a UX perspective, then I, I think it's really interesting how you communicate to the user will set the expectations of that experience. And, and mm. if that experience is not aligned with what you're telling them, then they're not going to like it. But if we told, if you told someone, ah, you know, this is all a bit of fun, it's not really accurate, um, would they sell any? Would people be interested in changing their behavior? Doesn't it have to lie a little bit, given the limitations, oh, there's intrinsic limitations? Excellent point, excellent point. Uh, could it perhaps be saying something in the lines of uh, that this is accurate to the point of X and uh, we can't really promise anything, but it gives you something to work with i'm not sure what i'm saying here but <laughs> <laughs> no i know what you mean but I, I, yeah. there is a risk there still that people there are gonna be a lot of people that mm. like, like my wife that think oh god if you can't do it mm. properly i'm not interested uh, uh, yeah so that's interesting so people would buy it would they use it um so that's does that really mean that people are not ready is the device not ready for the mass market yet is it just ready for the geeks like us i'd say so yeah. i'd say it's, i'd say i think generally a lot of this mm. quantified self stuff is it, it demands um, it demands you to be quite well highly engaged. Mm. Um, you've really got to be driven to, to to want to keep it on you, to keep you know syncing or checking or checking the app or you know learning these little tweaks in order to make mm. it good. Um, and most people aren't going to bother doing that. Yeah. Um, okay, maybe we go beyond geeks here. We're going to get into the fitness geeks as well. Yes, exactly. Like my wife currently, who is running a lot, and she's been using a Fitbit One, which is not the armband, but the one that you attach attached to your clothes. She's been using that for over a year now. So, and she's been using it like every day, and she's really fond of it. And yeah. it has changed her behavior a lot because we, I mean, <laughs> and mine, uh, sort of. I, I mean, I had the Fitbit One, and then I had didn't have anything for half a year or something. But we always start, we started talking taking walks in the evening to get up to 10,000 steps as the per recommendation of what what someone our age probably would need to walk every day to keep healthy. And that's really interesting how it, how that behavioral change behavior changes that can bring people together as well not only mm. in the in the virtual world but in the physical world of mm. actually starting to take walks together uh, which is an interesting effect. And whether yeah. or not the accuracy of the device is an issue here I'm not sure because I've had I think I have had the same discussion with her that it's not that accurate, but it's a trend, and, and that's sort yeah. of fine with her. I think that's the, the key. It's the, um, just when it comes to these bands, um, then you know, that being aware of the days when you've not moved so much is, is quite useful. Mm. It is a reminder to say, oh, you actually you know, do need to move more than this. Mm. Uh, it's um i mean it can make a it can make a couple hundred calorie difference in your you know your 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 burn rate right. um, by walking mm. well, a few thousand um, steps less um i've noticed that during the summer <laughs> when you know when you're on holiday and you sat around you're drinking beers and relaxing and not walking about mm. um it's uh, oh, you understand why people go up in weight during the summer during mm. the holidays yeah 
Have you tried the Have you tried the Fuel Band Nike Fuel Band? No, I have not. This uh, This is for people out there. This is another um, mm. uh, wristband that you put on, and and this mm. the Fuel Band. In my impression, and I'm not, I've got no real idea about this, mm. um, is that more there's more normal people have the Fuel Band than the Up and the Fitbit. Oh, interesting. Because it, it you know, it's pushed by Nike, but with trainers and the running. So I've got I've got a couple of running friends in in England that have the fuel band. And I'm also, guessing it's also time to market. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing in the fitness world, the fuel band is, is a lot more used. The fuel the fuel band though does not have the sleep monitoring. I think it only has steps. Okay. Oh yeah, steps. Hmm. What's that? What's that with little um, little satellite thing? The little um, it's called it's called a, a name. The little thing that you put on your trainers. Oh, that you put in your shoe. I actually have shoes that called, one of those fit it's called, in. It's called Jeremy or something, isn't it? No, not Jeremy. Well, it's, got a, it's got a, like a man's name. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure it has. Um, well, that's, that's, that's another little thing. Mm. Is, it, is, that, is that something you have in addition to the band, or do you have that just that and an app? Just that and an app, I think. Ah, right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that measures steps as well. Yes. Yeah. That's Only the first thing. That, had, that was a Nike Plus thing that they... That's the first launch they did uh, together with Apple, I think. Uh, yeah. Which was one of these first devices that could actually talk with your phone and give you information about how far you were running. Right, yeah. That was, yeah, one of the first ones on the market. Mm. Oh. Yeah, but it's all, yeah. It's, um... I, oh, but back to the question about whether whether it's still geeks or not. I, I think generally it is just geeks. But I think you, to, to go mainstream, with same as almost all of these things we know, that to, to go mainstream... In, involves a level, I think, a level of simplification that isn't there yet, or mm. a level of desire uh, that isn't really there yet. Right, and something that they are trying to do is is uh, be able. You, you're making people able to personalize these armbands more and more, have your own color. They're trying to design them in a way that they make them more appealing as well. Yeah. Uh, so that's one big aspect of these armbands is that they have to be designed really well for people to even want to wear them. Uh, and that's one reason my wife actually doesn't have uh, an armband. She she doesn't want to wear one of those all the time. She she has the one that she has on her clothes, even even if that means that she sometimes gets to put it on. Well, that's um, and if you mm. yeah the um the thing there is you could use some people use telephones and have apps in their telephone. Oh yeah, um, but I get the impression they're really they're even less accurate. I get that. Well, well I've got that impression. Yeah, um, I, I can't also, really say. And also, you don't you don't wear it unless it, oh, it's not with you. Maybe every single hour of the day, no. so you can sleep things. And uh, having uh, the phone on your arm when you're sleeping is not <laughs> really that comfortable. And believe me, because I have tried. Because <laughs> there are apps for that. Oh, uh, wait, no, actually, what you attach it to your chest. Uh, oh, you mean you, you you strap an iPhone? You strap an iPhone to your yeah. chest. I have tried this, but not like Iron Man. Like you two times. A generator thing in the middle yeah. of your chest. And that was the first one time I tried what what you have in the Jawbone Up, which I don't have in the Fitbit Flex, where it actually wakes you up when you're oh. in, in light sleep. Oh, and that's why. Can't. So that's one of the th things. The main features that I am sort of envious of you that you have yeah. is that it wakes you up. It can tell when you're moving around a lot, so it wakes you up. Before you've set your alarm for it, before the time you've set alarm for it, because it knows that if you, if you wake up now, you'll feel better than if you wake up later and and are maybe well, in uh, deep sleep. Exactly, that's the mm. thing. That it, it, these are smart alarms, and you're right. This mm. is this is my killer feature. Yeah. You, and I, I love this, and I've I've changed to using this every single day now as my alarm. Like you give it a you give it an alarm window, 
um, mm. 20 minutes or half an hour. And you, you, you tell it, this is the latest time I want to get up, mm. say 20 past seven. Um, and if you've got an alarm window of 20 minutes, um, the, the band will monitor you. It will be, because it's monitoring your sleep. It's monitoring your movements. And if it notices you've come up from deep sleep into light sleep, or rather if it notices you're in deep sleep when it's your alarm time, it, it won't wake you. It'll wait as long as it can to yeah. let you come out of deep sleep naturally and start moving around a bit. And then right. it'll give you a couple more minutes and it'll vibrate, unless it reaches the, the end of it. And, it, and it's, it's right. What, what happens is then that you, you wake up more naturally. You wake up at a point where you're actually ready to wake up and mm. you feel much less tired right. um, than, than that kind of that car crash of an alarm when suddenly something mm. starts you know, wailing at you at a certain time. You have to fumble <laughs> around and smash it with your hand to tend to go into snooze and mm. oh, so on. Mm. Um, but no, it's, a, it's an excellent feature. I, I'm hoping they develop it a bit more to make it a bit more, a little bit more flexible. And I'm hoping that the Fitbit Flex will develop it because I mean that is a software feature that they. I mean they have the data, so they could implement it uh, afterwards. Uh, yeah, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's it's software mm. mainly. Yeah. But at the same time, I've noticed that. Um, uh, well, you can only see what alarms are set by looking in the app. True. And the app yeah. will only show you the yeah. alarms when the band is connected. Mm. And because the app isn't wireless. You have to plug it in. So, so to check your alarm for the morning is actually quite complicated. Oh, yeah. Especially, especially if I like happens several times. Mm. I get into bed, put my my band into up, sleep mm. into night mm. mode, then realize, oh God, have I actually set the alarm for the morning? Mm. So I have to get out of bed, go to my phone because I don't charge my phone mm. in in my bedroom, and plug the band into the app, open the app, check mm. the alarm, see that it's set, and then undo all that, mm. and go back to bed. It takes it takes minutes. Whereas if there was some kind of display, mm. it could just tell me so many hours to next to next alarm. Right. That's true. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, that's something that I mean, I, I've been comparing the job on up since I've had both with the Fitbit Flex. And I've what's been surprising for me is how enormously different these two armbands are based on well, they're supposed to be doing the same thing, really. Measuring steps and like measuring, monitoring your sleep, but they're designed designed very differently. Which is some just studying these two devices is interesting from a UX perspective. Looking at how they actually implemented how you charge it, how you mm -hmm. sync it, which is wireless for the for the Fitbit Flex. If you have certain phone types like the 4S and up iPhone 4S and certain Android phones as well. Because uh, oh, it, does it does it use Wi-Fi or does it use Bluetooth? It uses blue. It uses a special type of Bluetooth. I'm not sure if it's uh -huh. called Bluetooth 4.0 or low energy Bluetooth, but one of those. And not all, not, not all phones have thing. it. I think it might be the same thing. I'm not quite sure. Could be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's okay. That's interesting. Uh, but I I, I I like the fact that the job run up um, needs to be charged every ten days. Uh, and it's pretty much true. Right. It's, not, it's about it's, it's more than a week anyway. So mm. I, I charge it every Monday morning. Mm. Um, I can I can easily say that the up has better battery life than the flex, and the flex does not always last a week, which means that I can't have like a set day in the week that I can recharge it because I have to monitor it. And there's another big issue with the Fitbit Flex as well. Actually, it does not have a battery indicator, which is at all insane. Yes, there's an API and there's a third-party uh, uh, app. For, for that, I've, that I'm using that actually emails me oh. uh, when it's getting low on battery, but I'm so surprised they haven't implemented on, on the device. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's 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 the kind of mm. thing we're talking about with this extra mm. step, this 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 these little extra things you've got to learn and tweak mm. and do to make this work, which implies that it's it's clearly not ready for mainstream. Right. 
which but, which makes me think also because I mean the display that my wife has on the Fitbit One is it's a large display that you can just look down and see how many steps you walked. It has a clock which none of our devices have uh, and stuff like that and. I'm not sure if it shows the alarm. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But you can see some, so much more without having to sync it, without having to go into the app, uh, which I think is a real benefit as well for for most people who are just getting started with this type of device and who are more accustomed to the old types of uh, pedometers and stuff. I mean, I wonder mm -hmm. if, if the whole quantified self thing is is kind of doomed to be like low adoption and inaccurate, mm -hmm. um, given that we, we, we know that most people don't bother um, configuring things. Mm -hmm. Yes. They, they run it out of the box. Mm. And just with quantified self, mm. it's incredibly personal. Mm. You're, you're measuring you. And so if you aren't prepared to customize, mm. and most people aren't, then how can you make a product that is a one-size-fits-all? Exactly. I think that's a really good point. Uh, and I think, I mean, just one example is that it come, both of them come set, actually. At, you're supposed to walk 10,000 steps every day. Yeah, and there are a lot of people who don't do that who aren't able to. So no. what it, what happens is that you get all these sad faces and red alerts and stuff <laughs> that you haven't, and you get that for two weeks, and you're I mean you're ready to give up. And the thing about UX and your experience and behavioral psychology is that you need to get quick wins fast. You need to mm. see the benefits of using it really fast. So it should be set like at five thousand, and then my recommendation is usually that set it at five thousand. When you manage to do five thousand steps every day for a week then raise it to 6000 but if you're if you're a jogger mm. wouldn't you be really kind of frustrated disappointed with that that you mm. get this thing new thing and then the first week it's kind of going oh my god you're utterly fantastic you've done 30000 steps um, <laughs> and you're just going to go oh my come on of course yeah. i am i'm running yeah, yeah. Uh, again one size fits all you need this, this uh, very yeah. different use cases um, you need the I'm quick setup guide you need the quick yeah. setup guide yeah me and you are not runners mm. Um, so yeah. we don't knock mm. up that kind of number of steps yeah. in the same way because we're just walking. Right. Um, yeah. So, so well, we said a quick setup in mm. the beginning. Yeah. That maybe is it. But well, it would mm. help at least. I think. Yeah. 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 And you do. Yeah. I mean, we focus. I know we, we focus an awful lot on um, on these just these bands um, in 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 this show um, because that's partly because we've both got them and we've yeah. been talking a lot about this during the summer and you, you've. You write, you've written a blog post in Swedish about this, but yes. um, but I don't think the problems are limited to this. Type no, it's of all this. It's all the same devices. things. How do you how do you get started? How how does it? How do you talk to it? Uh, I mean, the the job owner has a physical button on, on the Fitbit Flex. I have to tap it. Diff, different stuff like that. How do you oh, yeah. how do you, you get it to, to talk it. to the device to the app? Mm. Uh, how the how does the, how does the app talk to you? Uh, mm. Is it telling you stuff that aren't stuff that isn't true, and how do you react to that? Like mm. the, the example I gave with waking up seven times, even though you haven't. And mm. there's so there are so many aspects in UX to this, since it's a physical device, and which I love about it, in, in, in that you have to think about from well from the point when you wake up in the morning and how you interact with it during the day, and how many days before you charge it, and stuff like that. And all of those things combined is what creates your experience. Which yeah. is, I mean, the main reason for me using the Fitbit Flex right now is because I'm competing with my wife, wife who has also a Fitbit device. <laughs> but by that, I mean, I, I can't say that there's a clear winner between the both of them, even though they're very different in design and functionality. They both have benefits and, well, disadvantages to them. But um, there's so much, so much more uh, to do in, in that area, actually, I think. Hmm. I think I, I didn't realize 
till we talked about it a little bit ago that you um, that you have to shake the the um, the flex to tell it what to do because there's no button. I had no idea there was well, actually, no button. Yeah, you have, to, you have to tap it and you like tap it, sorry. Tap yeah. it twice and you see how far you are. Well, there's an indicator for how far you've reached, if you, how close you are to your goal. And yeah. you have to tap it like four times quickly in a row when you're telling it that you're going to sleep. And usually that fails for me and I have to do it like three different <laughs> times. Just have you seen... Have you seen and, there was a there, there was a sketch on an American um, one of the American um, um, talk show kind of mm. um, late night uh, late evening talk show ones mm. where they did Google Google Glass, okay, um, and he was taking because of the, you know go back back glass back and he was yeah. shaking he's uh, flicking his head flicking yeah. his head and it, it looks like you've got some kind of crazy tick because you're right. going to you know, do this head motion thing to make it go go right. back and sometimes yeah. I have an alarm going off when I'm like in the store or something or standing by the cashier and it's like I have to start tapping violently on my wrist. And <laughs> They can't really understand why. And at one point, I actually I was shaking a juice carton, and I realized that my band was set to sleep because it thought I was tapping it. Yeah. So, so I mean, that type of interface has lots of disadvantages too. I mean, you have to think about how people actually move their arm in real life, even though they're telling you that you should put it on the arm that's not your strongest. Uh, I mean, that doesn't always like solve all the problems that you can encounter during a normal day. Mm -hmm. Oh. Fascinating. There's um, uh, there's a lot to, there's a lot of stuff here and a lot of stuff to do. With, oh, like you said, the interaction and or well, two-way interaction with a physical device um, and communication uh, feedback, um, not just feedback in the form of the grass, but feedback in the form of, of, of well small visual acknowledgements um, yeah. or, or sensual acknowledgements. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a fascinating area um, if when it comes to these bands, um, but even some of the other uh, quantitative self things and how you, uh, you know, why do it and what you can do do from it and and the incentive side of things is is crucial and important. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm thinking of uh, Mamoto um, there and the taking the and uh, was it autographer the, the taking the photos all the time, um, trying to trying to build up some enthusiasm as to why the hell you would want to take a picture every thirty seconds yes. of your life. <laughs> <laughs> and I can say that that's that's definitely not going to go mainstream. Um, same as yeah. Google Glass. I, I just can't see why. Or maybe I'm just being old now, Pat. Are we being old again? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I was sort of thinking the same thing. Are we being too old? Uh, this uh, spring, I was uh, at a, well, a talk with, there was a quantified self-stockholm meetup, and Kevin Kelly came. Um, oh, yeah. Who's the founder of all these quantified self-groups, and also the founder of Wired, the co-founders of Wired magazine. But uh, he, um, he was talking about how important it is to keep measuring, even though you don't know why you're measuring. He's right there. But, yeah, Absolutely. because sometimes you just find stuff because you're measuring. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and I, I really love that, what he was saying there, because that's, that's a really important point. If we, if we stop measuring, if we don't see the point of it, uh, then we're not going to discover anything new. But if we start collecting data, as much data as we can, and start seeing trends, and all of a sudden new stuff is going to appear that we can draw conclusions from and probably change Changed the world basically yeah. in the end, and that is absolutely mm -hmm. right about that. I mean, you can never, you can never go back and start collecting data again if yeah. you don't do it. Um, that's that's true of everything. Mm -hmm. Whether we're talking about you know analytics for a website, or um, temperature values from your from your house, mm -hmm. <laughs> or or your wristband that's measuring your. And that's something we haven't talked about today: is the data that we're actually collecting is can be used by our respective apps and the companies that they're behind so you can actually get and i mean you're inputting your age your weight and your height and everything so mm. you can get on the whole population you can start seeing trends on 
how much are people walking during the day at in different age groups and what is the norm and what is, what is the mean and and what what should be the recommendations and are we seeing that people are walking less uh, over time and you can start seeing that over the next 10 12 years if people are using these types of apps yeah why don't we just all get the chips fitted i mean i'm over, i mean it's inevitable <laughs> isn't it <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest, I, I'm, I'm starting to think probably. And yeah. there's going to be so much. I mean, you've already had the the, the nightclubs. You know, a few high end nightclubs have the, the, the little chips inserted in, you know, injected mm. into your arm. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, it's, it's a way of kind of getting mm. VIP pass um, and not non transferable. Mm. So, I, I, you know, I think there is going to be a, mm. a growing number of people who are quite willing to mm. have a little thing injected somewhere. Mm. Um, you know, given the amount of people who've got tattoos and all the rest of it and piercings, I can't see there being too much of a problem with the, the chip, um, providing they're reassured about the um, the integrity side of things, mm. um, like you've got the control over it. Um, and it's not some kind of like you know, dog tagging system where you, you're all getting hooked up to a government database somewhere to monitor right. how much you're sleeping. <laughs> I, think, I think the conclusion here is that, I mean, these devices that we're talking about, the sensors and self-quantification, I mean, it's... It's right for the picking for us geeks, and it's it's fine for us early adopters, but it's not really there yet for, for the mass market. But perhaps that's what we're for, that we have to use these devices <laughs> so that they can uh, like calibrate them and make them better over time, so that yeah, more and, people and can the- use them. Absolutely, and learn a huge amount. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is an excellent opportunity for us to 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 analyze like we're doing, analyze and to look at you know how does this physical object that we carry with us all mm. you know all the time, how does it work, you know. Mm. What, what techniques work, you know, user interaction-wise or UX-wise, and what don't work? Yep. And it gives us a little chance to experiment. And that's what us early adopters are for. We are for yes. testing on. <laughs> we are um, guinea pigs. And, yeah, we're guinea pigs, mm. and we like complaining about mm. it a bit and mm. so on. But um, yeah, but it's fun. Yeah, and I think that's, that's that's the most important thing I think to remember about the quantified self stuff. It's actually fun. Exactly. Yep. Good point. Ah, it's it's getting really, really hot in this car. <laughs> uh, me too. I, I, I shut the window, so I'm, I'm up to 30 degrees now in here, and I, yeah. I, I need to stop. <laughs> but oh, before man. we go, yes, um, a little reminder, now that our Swedish listeners mm. have, have come back and come back to work after the summer break, um, we're going to be at um, Conversion Jam 3 yes. on um, the 10th of September, yes. um, like we were last year. Um, really, really be, fun. Uh, it was really good fun. Mm. Um, it's a really... Um, intensive day of speakers mm. here in Stockholm, Sweden. Um, really well organized little conference and um, lots, lots of international speakers. Yep, um, including one of our favorites, um, Craig Sullivan. Yes. Um, also Brian Massey. Mm-hmm. Um, he was there last year too. Mm. Um, no, sorry, Andrew Morris was going to be there last year. Yeah. Again. Um, no, it's 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 normally a really good day. And um, for you listeners out there, we um, we have a discount code. If you want to come along, or you are in Stockholm or in Sweden and want to come along, uh, and just for the sake of meeting us, yeah, well, that works too. <laughs> um, and the, the the code is simply UX Podcast, mm. if I remember correctly. But yes, it is. Yeah, UX Podcast, and you get a two hundred credit. When I saw it, it said UX Podcast in capital letters. I don't think that matters. If you don't get the two hundred credit discount with it in um, lowercase, try it in capital. Yeah. <laughs> or or. Tell us and we'll. Oh yeah, I'm really looking forward. And we'll, yeah, we'll be recording our shows uh, on location there as well, which will be excellent fun. Yes. One great way to get access to the speakers. It's as always mm. great fun. So, um, thank you very much for listening today. Yes, and um, 
we'll talk to you again in two weeks. What do you say? I say, I say remember to keep moving. And as I say, see you on the other side. Ah, that's it. Uh-huh. <laughs> You've been listening to UX Podcast with James Royal Lawson and Pear Axeboom. Visit uxpodcast.com for more episodes and to subscribe to the show. UX Podcast, moving the conversation beyond UX. Thank you.